Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. I'm Robbie. And I'm Sammy. We're starting a new podcast. This is Leonora Shelfo, and you're listening to You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast, presented by the Limitless Broadcasting Network. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Instagram at BoogeymanPod. Yes, so if you like horror movies, scary movies. We are both big horror fans. Mm-hmm. Check it out on all platforms wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget, everyone is entitled to one good scare. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. Dust. Just a little bit of pixie dust. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Sammy. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Shall we begin? It's time to get things started on the most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, Welcome, Pixie Dusters. We're your favorite hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to the Pixie Dust Twins podcast produced by Limitless Broadcasting. Go to LimitlessBroadcasting.com after the show and check it out. Yes. Ah! Well, as you can see, or if no, hearing, you can't see, Dan is back with us for Star Wars. What up? Hi, Dan. Hello. Hello. So last week we talked what did we talk last week? Phantom Menace. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just trying to remember. We talked Phantom Menace last week. This week, we're talking Attack of the Clones. And yeah, we'll see how this goes. All right. The dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a Jedi. The Council wants you to report on all the Chancellor's dealings. That's treason. We are at war, Anakin. Very dangerous putting them together. I don't think the boy can handle it. I don't trust him. I need your help, son. I'm appointing you to be my personal representative on the Jedi Council. You're on this Council. 
but we do not grant you the rank of master. What? Obi-Wan and the Council don't trust me. Learn to know the dark side of the Force, and you will achieve a power greater than any Jedi. You're under arrest, Chancellor. Are you threatening me, Master Jedi? Every single Jedi is now an enemy of the Republic. Do what must be done. Do not hesitate. Show no mercy. Who could have done this? Twisted by the dark side, young Skywalker has become. I feel so helpless. You are the chosen one! remember this is a really long imbd like i'm i looked i opened it up and i looked i'm like why did i pick such a long <laughs> but it's okay it's fine i might edit as i go it's star years. wars it's gonna be endless trivia anyway so this is very true 10 years after the invasion of naboo the galactic republic is facing a separatist movement and the former queen is now senator padme amadala travels to coruscant to vote on the project to create an army to help the jedi to protect the republic upon arrival she escapes from an attempt to kill her and obi-wan kenobi and his padawan anakin skywalker are assigned to protect her they chase the shape shifter zam wessel but she is killed by a poison dart before revealing who hired her. The Jedi Council assigns Obi-Wan Kenobi to discover who has tried to kill Amidala and Anakin to protect her in Naboo. Obi-Wan discovers that the dart is from a planet Kamino and he heads to the remote planet. He finds an army of clones that have been under production for years for the Republic and that the bounty hunter Jango Fett was the matrix for the clones. Meanwhile, Anakin and Amidala fall in love with each other and he has nightmarish visions of his mother they travel to his home planet Tatooine to see his mom and he discovers that she has been abducted by Tusken Raiders Anakin finds his mother dying and he kills all the Tusken tribe including the women and children Obi-Wan follows Jango Fett to the planet Geonosis where he discovers who is behind the separatist movement he transmits his discoveries to Anakin and since he cannot reach the Dead Eye Council who that is not the since he cannot reach the Jedi Council. Sorry, I didn't read that sentence right. <laughs> Who is the leader of the Separatist movement? Will Anakin receive Obi-Wan's message? And will the secret love between Anakin and Amidala succeed? We all know the answer to that. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. Uh, I, have, I have words, but I'll wait till then. <laughs> it was better in the Clone Wars. I mean, in the well, series. Yeah, everything was better in the Clone Wars. But unfortunately, yeah. we are not talking about the Clone Wars. We're talking we're talking about about I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying there's there there is there's joy to be had in their relationship somewhere. Yeah. 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 It's not really the relationship that I have a problem with when I talk about it. It's the how it began is what That's I'm fair. like. That's fair. Valid. Yeah. As I was going through trivia, there's a couple pieces in here that I wanted to smack my head. I'm like, why did oh, no. we even? Yeah, you're number three is hilarious, but we'll get to it. 
So just starting off with trivia, due to much of the animosity aimed towards Jar Jar Binks in The Phantom Menace, we talked about it last week, the working title of the movie was actually Jar Jar's Big Adventure. Yep. Very funny. Yep. Just because, you know, they... Lucas is one of the original trolls. He trolls people. It's funny. Thank you. He's he's really good. He's good about that. They asked him, like, what's your favorite character? He's like, I don't know, Jar Jar Binks. Just because he knows it gets to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. And then Lucas's original idea for the Clone Wars was for everybody in the galaxy fighting their own clones. Huh. That would have been interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Very weird. But I would like to know how they would have been able to accomplish that. I wonder if that's why it didn't go through. Because it's like, how are we going to clone everyone? Right. That's yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Making me tired just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the oh, amount boy. of logical loopholes you got to fill. Yeah, that's probably why I didn't go through. Lucas, I love how Lucas has those like so out of the box ideas. And mm-hmm. then he probably has his people who are like, okay, wait a second. It's too far <laughs> out. Let's right. ra- rain it in. What? Take that and, and tiny. <laughs> Make it mm-hmm. tinier. This one, I laughed. I'm so glad this was not included. The famous boy band in sync filmed a scene of them playing Jedi in the nightclub scene near the beginning, but were cut out of the final film. So random. Whose brilliant idea, and I'm saying that sarcastically, was it to put in sync in a Star Wars movie? Uh, there, I, I, I got nothing on that one. I don't know. I got, I, I really don't know how to even respond. Wow. I mean, granted, it's the early 2000s, so I guess they were trying to make a bigger, reach a bigger audience. That's my only logic behind it. Yeah. You know, I mean, because movies got to sell one way or another, and they sold at the time. Mm-hmm. But, but in sync, <laughs> dressed up as Jedi in a nightclub. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really want to see know. the deleted footage. I agree. I would like to I see. wonder if it's out there somewhere. Probably. Probably. On the internet, yeah. Playing a version of the cantina, like an early version. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I, I remember I was when I was looking through trivia and I saw InSync, I'm like, why is InSync included in this trivia? And I read it and I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> oh, like, God. I know that it couldn't have been Lucas's idea. There's no way Lucas would have wanted a mainstream thing in his rebellious type of world mm-hmm. i honestly don't know what he thinks these days i mean sometimes i think he does want things that are out of the box and then sometimes it's like oh no let's do this so it'll appeal to the kids mm-hmm. okay. maybe maybe mm-hmm. well moving on from that weird piece of trivia according to lucas obi-wan's hiding in geonosis asteroid field teaches young Boba Fett a lesson that he uses to his advantage during adulthood. Having learned how to Obi-Wan hid from him and his father, Boba knows the trick Han Solo is using to hide in the Empire Strikes Back and is able to find him. Nice. Yeah. That does have very much like that vibe of like the trash Mm -hmm. between the Empire Strikes Back and, and this. But it's just, it's now... Okay, I know we're not to Mandalorian yet, but not Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett. But now like having the Book of Boba Fett and watching the prequel again 
with him, it's kind of like, it is kind of cool to see Boba's story kind of actually start to feel more full mm-hmm. than, than what it kind of was. Right. No, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, good old Samuel. He has the words. <laughs> I can't say it because we're on a family friendly, but he has MF. the words bad MF <laughs> um, engraved on the hilt of his lightsaber. <laughs> the same words are famously printed on the wallet of Jackson's character in Pulp Fiction. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say that's very much, it's obviously a Pulp yep. Fiction reference. For those who not definitely, definitely a Samuel L. Jackson move. Oh, there was another piece of trivia. Why didn't I put it next to each other? I'm going to find it. Okay. Also with Samuel L. Jackson, because he wanted to be able to identify himself during the Coliseum scene, which I mean, I look at that scene and I'm like, you're the only, okay. There's aliens and human. You can mm. tell it's you. But anyways, he specifically asked George Lucas if he could have a purple lightsaber. Lucas replied that Jedi lightsabers were only blue or green, to which Jackson said, yeah, but I want a purple one. <laughs> Lucas said right. he'd consider the request. Jackson said he didn't know how it would turn out until he went in for reshoots, which is when Lucas showed him the scene containing his purple lightsaber. Oh my gosh, they had me dying laughing when I read that. Oh boy. Only seemed so great. Yeah, but I want a purple one. Why not? He got it. I mean, why not? If you don't ask. Okay. I don't know why. You, I, I like the idea of more colors of lightsabers than just the blue and the green. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, blue and green. Well, see, in my mind, green means evil because my Disney world, everything lime green is evil. Oh, but it, yeah, so red to me, I'm like, red isn't evil. Well, red is evil too. So mm-hmm. in my mind, green should be with red but that's Christmas colors. So that's weird. Never mm. mind. My brain going down a rabbit hole. I'm going, yeah, I'm going down a weird rabbit hole. I, I think there's like a logic because there are multiple lightsabers, I guess, in the expanded universe. So there's like yellow ones and right. I don't remember how many, but each one has like a specific purpose. I don't remember what they are, Yeah, but I'm pretty sure there was a list somewhere about that. So yeah, I know that like Ahsoka, when you see her in Rebels, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but she has white lightsabers now because of how it ended in Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. So maybe I should look up that list before we do the next episode. So we kind of have an idea because I think it's canon. I think Disney kept the lightsaber colors as canon because they're using them that way. Right. Yeah. Anywho, during rehearsals and filming of Count Dooku's lightsaber battle scenes, a small model of Yoda was used as a reference point for Christopher Lee. The model, however, was slightly altered to have vampire face, (laughs) to which Lee's amused response was, I will not comment on that. I didn't think you would do this to me, George. (laughs) The fangs were like a joke, were likely a joke at Lee's expense for his performance as Count Dracula in Horror of Dracula and several other (laughs) Hammer Studio horror I love it. I love it. So funny. That's great. I mean, last year we talked about how Oz would bring out Piggy for uh-huh. Mark, and now right. we're putting vampire fangs on Yoda. Mm-hmm. They're just a fun bunch when filming. Like I said, they're trolls. They love trolling each other. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it would be so much fun to be a part of a Star Wars. Absolutely. 
mm-hmm. film in any way. Mm-hmm. I'll be an extra. I'll I'll be the one who dies. I don't care. <laughs> on the set. <laughs> Bring me on. Bring me there. Like Ian McGregor did in The Phantom Menace, Hayden Christensen made lightsaber noises the first time he was handed one for in rehearsal after chuckling at the young star's antics lucas informed him that they probably had people in sound effects that would do a better job at post-production <laughs> i can picture like guys 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 just you don't have to you, you know what just whatever it's fine give it's up fine. i would just give up <laughs> exactly i just let have him do fun. it and yeah. everybody does Edit it. it out let him do it Goodness, I love that both of them did it. No, what would be really funny is if Jackson did it, but there's oh no gosh. notes of Jackson oh, doing it. Like, right. can <laughs> I can imagine, and I think it'd be hilarious. Oh, yeah. Oh. Okay, so this is the only Star Wars film that was not the top grossing film of the year in North America. It placed third after Spider Man. So this was the Toby, the first, to- was this the first Toby? I believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, 2002. Duh. Spider-Man and Lord of the Rings Two Towers. And I'm not surprised. Lord of the Rings Two Towers is flipping amazing. It's my favorite of the Lord of the Ring movies. Yeah. Much as I love Star Wars, you're going to get up against that Lord of the Rings. It's like. Yeah. There's going to be a rival Star Wars. Right. And original Lord of the Rings. Like. Exactly. mm, you're, You're in trouble. Yeah. And Toby did great for his first star, his first Spider-Man movie. We talked about that in Marvel month. Okay. Last month was no, two months, two months ago, mm-hmm. March. When was March? Two months ago. Okay. Was it? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I can't believe it's May. It, it's as far as I'm concerned, we're still in like somewhere in 2021. So, I mean, just for every real? day is just. Oh, don't pull me back there. Uh, I'm in the... no, I, me neither. I'm just saying every day is just like, oh, what day is it? I don't care. <laughs> I was in Nebraska still in 2021. You were, that's right. I came to see yes, you. Yes, and I was by myself. Holly and Ralph left me. Moving on. <laughs> Instead of creating a new C-3PO suit for the film, the designers repainted and aged the one used in the original trilogy. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't know why they aged it, because technically he should have been new. I guess because he was... Well, he was he was still on Tatooine, so they wanted to give him that like they didn't yeah. have much oh, to like work the with. Sand. Okay, yeah, that yeah, would be so like he'd be rusted and be you know he'd they'd be okay. using like old metal to cover him up. That's true because he wasn't covered in the first one. Poor C three PO. He was all naked. Naked. He was. And this is the first Star Wars film in which Yoda is entirely computer generated. We know yep. we don't <laughs> we don't like it. Uh, I didn't like it. that bad. Let me rephrase that. I like it better than the Phantom Menace puppet. Or the, yeah. the, the animatronics they used in the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Like, yes. Like, obviously nothing's right. going to be, yeah, nothing's going to be the puppet from Empire, but given the yeah. choice between new puppet Yoda and CGI Yoda, I take CGI Yoda. Okay. I guess I can get on the bandwagon with that. Yeah. After tests to see if CGI Yoda was possible, uh, failed during pre-production in Phantom Menace. So they actually tried to do him CGI for Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Rob Coleman and his team came back three years later and presented a reel to Lucas, showing him a CGI Yoda performing the scene in Empire Strikes Back, where he explains the nature of the force to Luke Skywalker. Lucas was impressed and decided the technology was right for a CGI Yoda. You know what I just kind of put together? 
and I don't know if this was on purpose or this is a weird random rabbit trail thought. Did did George Lucas name Luke Skywalker after himself? Luke Lucas. Oh my gosh. I would assume yes. Yes. I Are mean, you having that epiphany with me too? Like, uh, did you ever think about I this? I might be. I might be. I mean, I, I feel like I probably thought of this in the back of my mind, but it was never like articulated in like I've never actually put it into words, but you're probably right. I heard this on a podcast or something a couple of weeks ago. So I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know I why I never put it. those I, things together. I just thought I was like I didn't either. The show. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. That it, makes, it makes perfect sense. sense. I mean, every character from every writer is their children. So it's gonna be there's gonna yeah. see themselves in there one way or another, but I know, but it just like, oh gosh, it just dawned on me. And how yeah. long have I loved Star Wars? Forever. As long as I have. Oh, goodness. Sammy knew before us. That's sad. I thought I was last, so. Nope. Not on this one. Well, you're unbiased, though. I mean, kind of. This Mm -hmm. is true. She is. She's still newer to the Star Wars realm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, that's something new to learn. Um, I think we talked about this last week, but we're going to do it again. Actors auditioning for the parts of Anakin Skywalker included mm-hmm. Ryan Phillippe, Micah Collins, Paul Walker, Colin Hanks, Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, James Van Der Beek, Joshua Jackson, Eric Christian Olsen, Eric Von Detten, Chris Klein, Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> and Jonathan Brandis. In the end, Hayden Christensen got the part got the part primarily because he and Natalie Portman looked good together. No. Gotta sell them tickets, man. No. Mm -mm. (laughs) Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Who did I say last week when we were talking? Paul Walker. Walker. That's the one we all Paul Walker is what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I could have seen it. I definitely could have seen it. He, you know, my, like, much like Matt Lanter in the Clone Wars, he definitely has that sort of hardness to mm-hmm. him. Yeah. The only thing I was thinking about since we talked about it last week, I believe this was in the midst of him starting the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's probably why we possibly right, didn't get him. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Ugh, moving on. We already <laughs> talked about that last week. Yeah. Okay, George Lucas is thought to have chosen the name Django as a reference to the title of the character of, I never say this right, J- is it still pronounced Django or is it? Hang on, where, where, where are you at? Number 13. 13. They did a remake of it with what's it was, but I might be making that up. Oh yeah, it's, it's still pronounced the same way, just the D is silent. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I just, Django. I didn't know. Yeah. Never watched this movie or the remake. Mm-hmm. Like the Django movie, Django is a loner mercenary with a harsh past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Christopher Lee, who plays Count Dooku, was very good friends with Peter Cushing. Cushing? Cush- Cushing. 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 Who played Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars. Both appeared together in many films, but never in a Star Wars film as Cushing died in 94. The role of Grand Moff Tarkin was in fact originally offered to Lee in 76, but he turned it down, which he later said was one of his biggest regrets. Cushing and Lee were both very good friends for nearly 40 years until Cushing's death. Aww. That's nice. 
Yeah. I'm trying to imagine Christopher Lee as Tarkin. I just, he's menacing, but I don't, I feel like he wouldn't have been as menacing as Cushing. Different type of menacing. I mean, his menacing is he's, he's got a much darker demeanor. Yeah. So yeah. he would be, he'd be more daunting than menacing. If that makes yeah, any sense. That makes sense. But like Cushing's like, facial features and everything i don't know it just in my mind it fits really mm -hmm. well with how tarkin is played he, he's not just that, in the originals yeah. but how they then bring it to life in like the cartoons and mm -hmm. and in other places um yeah. some of my books i've read he's in them yeah i don't know i yeah. i'm really glad that i know lee regrets it but i'm kind of glad that cushing did it and yeah, that we it, got it was lee good for, for what Dooku. it needed. i mean yeah he's cold he's calculating he's very detached Mm -hmm. So he can be that very menacing character. Yeah. yeah. This one. <laughs> Interesting. So Terrence Stamp, who played Chancellor Valorum, declined to reprise his role, saying that actors prefer to work with actors. It's kind of weird. Duck up butt. <laughs> very rude, actually. Which one was which one was Valorum? Remember who remind me who Valorum was. was the Chancellor in the Phantom Menace. That gets okay. Gets demoted by gotcha. Portman. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Which, <laughs> yeah, that, okay. That's, that's just, such a like actor thing to say. Yeah, like, I know, but I'm like, you have Ira McGregor in there. You got Christopher Lee. Mm -hmm. You're working with George Lucas. Like, I'm sorry. What do you Those mean these actors. people are so not actors? I don't get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he obviously just, didn't want to do it. Just say so you just don't want to do it. You don't have to be. Yeah. yeah. He was rude. Mm -hmm. mm. This one. We got two more. This one tries to fill in the plot holes of uh, Owen Lars and C-3PO. Mm. So in the narrative as to why Owen Lars didn't recognize C-3PO in episode four, if he if he'd owned him previously, as in this film. If you look back at episode four, we see that at no point does C-3PO give his number to Owen in one and only in the one and only conversation the pair ever have, which is true. Owen dies the next day, so this fact has no chance to come to light. In addition, we see throughout the series that C-3PO follows a standard protocol drawer design, which seems to be quite common. The metal plating covering C-3PO in Attack of the Clones was a rusty brown color and not at all the shiny gold he sports in the later episodes, further obscuring his identity when he appears again 22 years later. By that point, C-3PO had got, undgone, undergone a memory wipe probably multiples. So he doesn't recognize Owen either, although R2-D2 presumably might. Actually, I'm going to bet on the fact that R2-D2 has never had a mind wipe and he remembers everything and knows I, I was, I was literally just, just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. He's, he's done with this world. He's just burnt out. He doesn't care. Why do you think he went to he shut down for what, 20 years when exactly Luke disappeared? Yeah, well, he's shut done down with too. everybody. Or he could have been mad that Luke didn't take him. That could that have been too. it too. That, that too. too. Mm -hmm. But we'll get to that. <laughs> no explanation yet has been given, on the other hand, as to why Anakin simply walks off with the Lars protocol droid without even asking. However, C-3PO is Anakin's as he is the droid's maker. Anakin gives 3PO to his mother when he left for Jedi training. So 
it is more than fair that Anna can receive the droid again after she meets death. Perhaps Owen has given his permission off screen before her funeral. I I mean, it just makes sense that he would take C-3PO. I never really questioned it. Mm -hmm. Did any, did you? What else was he going to do? Just leave him there? Yeah, it's like, you didn't make him. I made him from scratch. He's mine. Might as well. Yeah. And thus begin the lovely friendship of C-3PO and R2-D2. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Last one for Attack of the Clones, the forbidden love affair between Anakin and Padme. This actually made sense. Was strongly influenced by the forbidden love affair between Sir Lancelot and Queen Guinevere, Guinevere in the legend of King Arthur. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that. Yeah. So, thoughts on this movie? Dan, would you like to start or Sammy? He can start. Okay. Um, You're going to have more articulated thoughts than I will. <laughs> probably. I'm, I'm totally going to wing this because I didn't get a chance to actually write my stuff. Did down, you see so. our thoughts? None of us put anything in here. We're all. That makes me this. feel slightly better. Exactly. <laughs> Can hear my eyes rolling through speakers. That's your. That's. That's mine. Can you hear my the- eyes rolling through the speaker? <laughs> I laugh. And then, and and laugh. then uh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. Okay. So my Where thoughts. Well, to, to begin, I, I don't, I, I, the things I can say about this movie is that it's probably the best in terms of setting up the future of the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, the movie itself, it still has its a lot of pacing issues, but the fact that we open with, you know, see, or seeing the stuff on, or the fact that Camino is such a prevalent part of it, mm-hmm. uh, and then following Obi-Wan around the, you know, conspiracy about who was yeah. behind it and all that, that's really the mm-hmm. most interesting out of this entire movie yeah so because when i was young i remember when i was younger i used to watch it and everybody i was talking to was saying oh yeah it's the clones it's the clones just everything is clones 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 and i was like okay i get they're supposed to be like what the stormtroopers would eventually become but Mm -hmm. why is that significant you know and then of course Mm -hmm. later on we find out you know when we get to the talking about the clone wars is that how it's the idea that it's an entire army bred for betrayal yep you know and that's what makes it so brilliant but also heartbreaking oh yeah 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 so that's that's one thing i think i'd say like the the way this movie the one of the uh, one of the reasons why it didn't go over so well is because the pacing was very much something that's older Mm -hmm. if that makes sense like uh, and 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 this I'm not going to bash Lucas too much because again he's always made this type of he's always made experimental films and he admits yeah. it you know he admits that he makes just off color films and I feel like what he was trying to do was sort of take an older style pacing like if this movie had come out somewhere sometime in like the 60s like late 60s maybe mm-hmm. it, w- it would have been a brilliant film because it w- it read like a tragic romance or it felt the, the pacing was very much like a tragic romance. Mm-hmm. very shakespearean so, very shakespearean you know set in a modern style modern world of filmmaking mm-hmm. and unfortunately that's not something that always works you know you try to take an old style of filmmaking and put it in a modern world most people are going to be like huh mm-hmm. this is old this is boring you know what i mean mm-hmm. so which is it's kind of ironic because it, the original star wars did the exact opposite like they <laughs> they were in that place of slow paced boring stuff 
And then mm-hmm. Lucas was like, no, I want to do it fast, mm-hmm. you know? And that made his career. And then the thing that killed his career was like flipping. And it's like, okay. Well, it didn't kill his career, but. It didn't kill it. Just no. slowed it down a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. But that being said, I mean, visually, there's a lot of stuff in there that's just breathtaking. Like there's beautiful, like that shot with Anakin and Padme on the, uh, you know, when he gives the famous, I don't like sand line mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's like a portrait. I mean, every shot on that planet is like a painting. Tiger's gorgeous in this movie. Very so oh, gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, I love the, I, I the, I don't want to say set designs because a lot of them were CGI. But when we got to see, was it Coruscant mm-hmm. that in the beginning? Yeah, like we got to. Yeah, we got to see that like New York style, only with like all the mm-hmm. flying cars and everything. Very, very cool. you know, very very metropolitan, uh, metrop metropolitan. Whatever the yeah. whatever that we got yeah, to that, see. What level did we see of Coruscant? Was that the lower lowest level? Because like Coruscant's in levels. I don't know if yeah. it went to the lowest though. Yeah, it's it's further down. It's like a middle, somewhere. middle somewhere in there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you know, so seeing that kind of like it almost had like a cyberpunk feel to it. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of kind of a Blade Runner ish. So you know, Obi Wan going into that club. You know, hey, you want to buy some death sticks? Like that whole. Uh, <laughs> Sell me dust. You don't want to sell me dust sticks. <laughs> you want to go home. I, and, I want to go home and rethink my life. Get out of my face. Fun fact: the guy who sold him trying to sell him the dust sticks is the same guy who played Mouse in the first Matrix movie. I don't know if you've seen the first Matrix. Yeah, I have, and I'm trying to remember who Mouse is. A uh, little mousy kid who designed the uh, girl in the red dress, kind of Weasley kid. I. I I vaguely remember. I haven't watched Matrix since probably it came out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wrong, enough. wrong Craig or sibling to ask. Gotcha. My brother gotcha. would remember. He's excited oh. for the next Matrix movie. Or did it already come out? Four came out already. Yeah. Um, okay. See, out. that's how much I'm not paying attention. There you go. <laughs> Anywho. Anyway. But yeah, so I, I like that that level of aesthetic world building. I didn't know this actually. I thought Kamina was mostly CGI, like the sets. A lot of it was actually miniatures and live action sets. That's cool. Huh. Yeah. No, I never knew that. Because uh, they were showing a behind the scenes somewhere where it was like, you know, they were showing the miniatures and it was going through, I think like, I want to say at least 80 to 85% of it was miniatures. Wow. So yeah, you'd be surprised. I was, I was shocked. Like I honestly thought it because it was so polished and it was mm-hmm. so just... To me, it was too polished. That's what I didn't care about it in the beginning when I first saw it. But knowing that, it's like, wow, yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. So. Yeah. The overpolishedness of Camino makes sense to me because I feel like as cloners, they would have to be minimalistic and just mm-hmm. very like perfectionist. Very much so. So it, yeah. it made sense in my head. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's biomechanic or it's a biological place, so it's gotta be yeah. sterile too. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's there's all kinds sterile. of science and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but it's a it's a it's a fun scene and it's also it's a it's a birthplace of a lot of Star Wars memes, if you're familiar with those. <laughs> yeah. Boba, is your father home? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He has two lines, that and then dad, someone's here to see you. Mm-hmm. He says Dude. nothing else the rest of the movie. Literally nothing else. <laughs> well, 
I mean, that kind of, other than Book of Boba Fett, that kind of goes along with Boba's character. Like, he just doesn't say much. No, he doesn't. He's very stoic and, you know, you're never quite sure what he's thinking, where he's at. Mm -hmm. So, I got it. But it's like, people have just clipped that particular, like, two-second clip on on YouTube and just use that as, like, response GIFs or GIFs Mm -hmm. and reactions and stuff. It's like, uh, that's part of the Star Wars culture is just memes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, my Facebook, since I've been looking up Star Wars stuff and doing more Star Wars stuff, my Facebook has been showing up more like Star Wars memes and Star Wars things on my feed. (laughs) And they're just so great. They're they're wonderful. They just make me laugh. They're wonderful. They're wonderful. I I, I don't know why it's funny. That's the thing. I don't know why we're enjoying laughing at these and I don't care. They're so much fun. Yeah, it's. It's good to be able to make fun of something that you love so you, you don't overly take it seriously. And because exactly. we know it's fantasy, we know it's not real. And mm-hmm. we got to have the, fa- we have to have the serious and the fun. Like it's part of life. That is true. Very well said. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yeah. Anything else, Dan? Yeah, so that's probably the majority of what I got. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it was interesting to see that uh, uh, that was the first time we see sort of the turn Anakin's, you know, start of the his path to the dark side. Yeah. Uh, slaying the tribe and, you know, then the guilt mm-hmm. and the shame and the anger that he felt afterwards. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. saying the first traces of that, you know, and, and, and again, I remember seeing, you know, seeing that for the first time. It's like, okay, this is why I'm watching the prequels. We want to see how he turns into Darth Vader and what that looks like. So mm-hmm. it's cool, you know, so right. that was fun. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. Sammy, what's your thoughts on this movie? Feel free to turn in because I feel like we have some of the same opinions on some of this stuff. (sighs) So other than what you kind of just said, Dan, which was how Mm -hmm. it looks, which is very, 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 very cool. I love the different scenes, the different planets we went to. Love it. Very cool. I think it's kind of boring other than when Obi-Wan is doing his little research. I thought that was fun, trying to go and see what was going on, doing his little detective work. But otherwise, I was just not really into it. I just, I could not, I cannot get into the whole Anakin and Padme thing. I just cannot do it. And part of it is the acting, which I don't want to totally blame him for the way he plays Anakin. I heard somewhere on another podcast I was listening to where they were saying that they almost got the vibe that Hayden was trying to almost sound like Darth Vader in his like cadence, the way he was delivering lines, but it didn't come across very well. (laughs) So hearing that, I was like, well, it makes a little more sense than why he talks the way he does. But Mm -hmm. I think when we get to the next episode for us, the next podcast episode, we're talking about Clone Wars. The way that that's played is so much better as far as Anakin goes. And Ashley, I know you have a trivia about the, yeah. Don't spoil. Don't spoil. (laughs) But we'll discuss the the guiding line. But I just, I can't get into the sad faces that Hayden does, the the way he (laughs) delivers lines. And again, I don't want to totally blame him because he did get direction probably for this. And Mm -hmm. I get it. But just like you had already referenced that sand line, I just want to die every time that comes on because it's so terrible. I don't like sand. Just the way he says it, I'm like, Mm -hmm. shut up. I cannot believe Padme is going to be like, I love you. 
like two seconds later. I don't get it. But what it gets me if he just said he doesn't like sand and explains why he could have left it at that. No, no. He had to say, I like things that are soft and smooth and then start caressing her arm. I'm like, what is this? The whole scene is cringeworthy. I just, I cannot stand it. And it just bothers me the way he first shows up and he's just like, he's been obsessed with Padme for all these years. And I'm just like, you were so little when you met her. That's weird. First of all, like 10 years thought about her every day. Are you serious? No, 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 no. That's creepy. I don't like that entire line or that entire (laughs) thinking. It's weird. I mean, considering Carrie Fisher got the same line from fans. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit creepy. creepy. Yeah, it's it's a creepy thing to say to somebody or about somebody. Oh, no. Sorry, George, but you should (laughs) have. And then the fact that Padme is basically like, no, I'm not into you. I'm not into you. But then she gives him all these like signals that she's into him. And then at the last minute is just like, I love you. Let's get married. It just was so quick. I wish there was more of a buildup to that entire thing. Mm-hmm. And I understand yeah. there's a lot happening in the movie. So we weren't going to just focus on them. We had to go back and forth. So Obi-Wan was up to all that. But it just felt like very rushed to suddenly put them together and suddenly they're going to be married. And I'm just like, what? I don't know. I don't feel it. I don't feel any chemistry between mm-hmm. those two at all. Just, yeah, they might have looked good together, but there was no mm-hmm. chemistry. No, you're not wrong. Like, and that's a yeah. big conf- complaint from a lot of people. And it sets up so much of the future that it bothers mm-hmm. me <laughs> knowing what's coming. That mm-hmm. that just really, it just really irked me. Just the whole, mm-hmm. every scene they had together. And then trying to build up Anakin to where he becomes Darth Vader. Like you said, we've got that whole scene where he kills all the Tusken Raiders and that's a whole big deal. But again, the way it was played, I just was like cringing at the Mm -hmm. delivery of the lines when he's explaining to Padme what he did. I just, the emotion was just off slightly for me. So I, it was almost funny when he was Mm -hmm. doing it and it was not a funny scene because he killed all the innocent creatures, the Tuscan, he killed a lot Mm -hmm. of them and that was very sad and it was very emotional and it makes sense Mm -hmm. that it builds into his Anakin turning into Darth Vader character, but the way that it came across it was almost comical the way he did it and i just yeah i couldn't buy it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well that that's another scene that's been memed as well so, yes yes you know. and i mm-hmm. rightly so i think mm-hmm. oh. and then what else did i want to say oh the the camino the creatures whatever they are the aliens the K- kaminoans yeah yeah, yeah. they're interesting like, <laughs> A little weird. I think it's the way they walk and they talk and the heads, long heads, just I could see them making clones. I was like, Yeah, you guys are really freaking weird. So I could Yeah. It's like he combined an alien with a giraffe. Yes, that's exactly what it made me think of yeah. a giraffe creature. That's it's got Lucas's fingerprints all over it though. Like yes, he is such does. a weird monster kind of guy. Or yeah, not monster, but like cool. just weird alien looking kind of guy. Yeah, it's very cool and very imaginative, but yeah, those are very weird, kind of creeping out a little bit. Yeah. As far as that goes. Yeah. But yeah, just in general, I put this movie on while I was working and I just, I only paid attention. Like I said, Obi-Wan would come on and I'm like watching it for a little bit. And then Anakin and Padme would be on and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to make more of this <laughs> for a little bit. Okay. I got to ask both of you because neither of you brought this up. Uh-huh. What did you think of the seeing Obi or not Obi, seeing Yoda finally lightsaber battle? I wish it was not the CG version, even though I get it. 
how would we do that in a couple? I don't know. It just bothered <laughs> me that I was so very aware that he was a cartoon. Right. But it was cool. Well, a lot of film trickery would be needed to make to do a puppet like I that. I get, I get what you're saying though. Like, yeah. I'm a little torn because on one hand, I like that we got to see him see what he can actually do. Yeah, and I like the fact that we got to see how powerful he actually is. In a lot of ways, based on the budget and the technology, like there is really not any other option. And they were trying to do things mm-hmm. that they never done before. So it was really a lot of it was very experimental. So yeah. I get that. I get that. And on that level, I think it's cool. On the level, like you're saying, the fact that it is CG and the fact that it is cartoonish, mm-hmm. there's a part of there's still the part of me that like eh, little, 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 a little much, a bit much, cool but a little much. So it's like I don't know. I'm I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. Gotcha. What did you guys think? And especially, I want to hear Dan mm-hmm. of the lightsaber battle between Anakin and Dooku. Because to me, it was just a bunch of light show. I think it was lame. I'm trying to remember because it didn't last very long, did it? It was like he no, goes after but, him and then he, you know, like, shocks him. They showed like maybe a minute of them lightsaber battling, but most of it was like them going zhu, 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 and like the lights all over the place. Like, right. like some film at home, I just feel like. Like when I just, you're I, in front of your TikTok video and you're just like, <laughs> yeah, like the same thing. Right. I just, I remember this look on Dooku's face where he's just like, like he, he just has this weird look on his face like yeah. i was like what i, I don't yeah. is that acting i don't know if that's i don't know what that is not, not good <laughs> is it theatrical or something because I, I laughed when the when that scene started when they started battling i'm like oh yeah anakin and dooku fight and i like stopped for a second to really take it in and then as i'm watching it all it is is mostly a light show between like they go from anakin's face to dooku's to anakin's to dooku's right. and they're just showing the lightsaber move around they're not actually battling and then when they do battle it's a very like five-year-old basic <laughs> like what me and my brother would do yeah. and i'm like what is happening what is going on no i don't know i it was and not Anakin even thing. had two lightsabers like I don't know and Anakin is supposed to be this powerful like he has this raw power that's coming through mm-hmm. and the fact that Dooku beat him that easily like I'm sorry I don't think Dooku's that powerful and how he was able to easily beat Anakin who's supposed to be the balance of the force mm-hmm. that was a joke yeah it was not so, well coordinated I don't think I, I think the idea behind that was that he's powerful but he's unfocused and he's untrained so Dooku was able to outsmart him so i think that was the whole logic behind i think that. it should have but been then actually make it look like he's being yeah. outsmarted exactly the way it was yeah. it's almost just like an accident kind of it just well they had they had the moment where like where we uh what was that obi-wan's like you know we'll take him together he's like no i'll take him now and it was like that sort of dooku like saw that coming a mile away mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so that's like kind of that, how i that was true in character but like yeah. when he started battling him again it's like that did not work <laughs> Mm. in my opinion my opinion maybe yeah, I, agree. Uh, I have to go i have to look over it again but yeah yeah it's it's, it's been, been, been a while since i've actually seen that that part of the movie i you know i actually i rewatched it too because i told you i was only like half paying attention to this movie i backed it up because i was just like i've only seen this movie like this like my second time third time and mm-hmm. i was just like did i miss something because i really wanted to pay attention so we're gonna be talking about it and then i was like no yeah it was like two seconds long okay I didn't miss anything. And then Yoda was on there doing whatever flying around. <laughs> I think it's funny because Yoda's like hobbling around and then all of a sudden he's like flying around through the air. And I was just like, what is going on? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, he does it in Clone Wars, gotta, too. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just bizarre, but okay. Yeah. He's got to use the Force somehow. That's his strength. Yeah. He's a tiny guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I love how it shows that he can capture the lightning and diffuse it. Yeah, that like, is pretty cool. That was amazing. Like, I remember yeah. that when that happened. I'm like, see, that is good. Like, when, mm -hmm. who was it? Oh, we'll get to it in the sequels. But the sequels, when they have like someone who's supposed to be good do lightning, and it's just like, that is too. Ugh, never mind. I will get on a rampage. We're from not that there. part of the sequels. Wait, who who, and, who, who, who did that? Ray? She did do that in the last one, right? In the rise of the second one. She in the second. See, I've seen that movie one time and then I'm I've ignored it. So <laughs> I've, I've, you can't ignore it when we talk about it. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm gonna have to watch it again. I'm I'll 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 deal with it. <laughs> That's gonna be a fun conversation. I'll deal with it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna back up. I have a lot of things to say about this movie. I can't wait. This is gonna be so <laughs> No, I mean, it's not all bad. So when I rewatched it, I, I have a lot of problems with Anakin's character, but that's mm -hmm. just, that is going to be something I deal with forever. But the movie itself, I like the pacing. I've always, I've enjoyed that kind of pacing before in movies. It doesn't bug me. I slower pacing is fine because I read. So reading a lot of books have a lot of like, there are a lot of books that have slower pacing. So you build up and like you bring in these series and different things. So I think it's just my, my narrative brain is like, yeah, I like when we, you, you stretch it out a little bit more and give us a little bit of a different feel. I think my favorite scenes of course, were with Obi-Wan. He is my favorite character in the prequels. Um, I'm so excited for his show coming up probably because I feel like he just played a really great young young obi-wan like mm -hmm. he did fantastic when they were going after like i think they in my in my brain i think everything was going really well until they sent hate or anakin to naboo <laughs> like fair enough i feel like they were i felt like when i was re-watching i'm like i really like this storyline until this point <laughs> yeah i'm not saying the dialogue was all great a lot of what and a lot of what Anakin said kept saying about and I'm saying their actor names. I mean their characters. Uh, Padme was creepy in some areas and just whatever. But I, the storyline in my head was going well until he went to Naboo because when he went to Naboo, it just got weird. Because mm -hmm. I agree with you. I agree with Sammy and that literally they kind of shoved them together because. And I think they looked at it and they're like, well, we have to get them together somehow because they have the twins. Like, I think sometimes that's what's wrong with making prequels after the originals, because you have all these things that you have to make sure happens. Mm -hmm. So it flows into the next one. Exactly. And I think their biggest mistake was shoving them together that quickly. Yep. Uh, last week, we talked about how they should have started off Anakin a little bit older. That would have helped. Mm -hmm. If the, in this one... So my, in my, my brain, how I probably would have written it was them slowly get to know each other. Like I wouldn't have had Hayden have a crush or Anakin have a crush on her for the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. I would have had that crush start back up when they go to Naboo and get to know each other. And then I would have never had them get married. I would have had them like struggling with this relationship all the way through the rest of the movie into the Clone Wars. And then 
at the beginning or middle of Revenge of the Sith is when I would have had them succumb to their desires mm-hmm. and her get pregnant. I agree. Interesting. And I wouldn't have had her die either. I would have had her like go into hiding on where did they put Leia? Uh, Alderaan. Alderaan. I would have had her go into hiding on Alderaan and then die when she's like a little kid, like Leia says. Mm-hmm. That would have made more sense, yeah. Because I mean, she's got to die eventually, but Leia has to have some kind of memory about her. Yes, because yeah. What's-His-Face doesn't have a wife. What's-His-Face, who? who um, 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 Organa. Oh yeah, Bale. Bale. Bale, we never see a wife. Even in the Clone Wars, we never see a wife. That is true. That is true. Yeah. So I'm like, you, you, like, I. (laughs) It could have been like a diplomatic, like if she had married him, like a diplomatic marriage kind of thing. Yeah, something of that nature. Mm -hmm. So I just, in my head, I'm like, if we could have, we could have made this great. So much could have been done. Like in their relationship. I feel like their relationship could have been so good Mm -hmm. if we put more angst into it and struggle yes. than just having them some come within like 30 minutes yep i i have this fantasy um of a version of the phantom menace where they're both teenagers and they don't like each other at first mm-hmm. but it's that kind of like i don't like you but i'm attracted to you so like uh you know you, your enemies to lovers vibe and at the end mm, frenemies to lovers there, there you go yeah anakin does something or says something and padme sort of like you know looks away from him and uh, says something along the lines of, he really is such a scoundrel or something like that. Yes! You know, I mean, foreshadowing, foreshadowing, foreshadowing. Yes! Yeah. I like it. Dan, I think you and I should rewrite the prequels. Yes. Oh, I got I got a whole list of what I, I got a whole thing about what I- We can co-write it. Absolutely, let's do it. Why not? Let's do it. I'm, I am so up for it. I'm in. Or we can create our own Star Wars. Uh, that's going on in the world right now. I mean, there's plenty of content creators out there who do that. Yeah, you make your own version of it. Absolutely. I, I think we should. I mean, there's a bunch of books out for now. Like Disney's been, Disney publishes them like every other day, it feels like. There you go. Different authors uh, creating new scenarios and stuff with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's my rant on their relationship. What was the other thing I wanted to talk about? Oh, Anakin's dark side. So... I do agree that Anakin's dark side needed to start in this movie. It had to, because we needed to build up. I think that if they knew they were going to do the Clone Wars cartoon, they could, they didn't need to rush it as quickly as they did. Cause I think for me with his dark side, like if we didn't have the Clone Wars cartoon in the middle, it makes sense for them to get him to that dark side really quickly because we had to go into the next movie. But now that we have the Clone Wars in between there, it's like you rushed it and then you pulled back Mm -hmm. because you did this cartoon and now we're rushing up again. Yeah. So it kind of makes it a little jarring with Mm -hmm. his dark side. I'm surprised. So the Tuscan Raiders have always confused me. And part of me wonders especially now that they brought them into the book of Boba Fett and like they actually took care of Boba Mm -hmm. but they like you don't even know what they did to I'm probably saying her name wrong Shimmy Shmi Shmi thank you they didn't it just I don't know if 
them torturing her is really their nature. Mm -hmm. Right. And maybe it is. I mean, part of Bo the Book of Boba Fett, at the beginning, they show them like tied up and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But it just, I felt like it was not explained very well on how she got taken right. and why and, and the reason behind it sort of deal. So I think it just jars me a little bit. Yeah. Again, I think it's one of those like they needed a plot device. That's yeah. a good mm -hmm. plot device. I mean, they recognize that they are a tribe of, you know, individuals and, you know, whatever conflict or whatever that basically they needed to turn Anakin, Anakin evil. And that was a way to do it. Yeah. yeah. And in the time crunch and everything they had, it was like, well, let's just kind of chalk it up to, hey, she gets taken by Tusken Raiders. And, you yeah. know, it's. Yeah. But I do think they did a good job of giving us more than just him die, like him killing the Tuscan Raiders. Like, I think most of us, we look at the movie. And when I was younger, I looked at the movie and I saw that most of his dark side was coming from that. But I really do think that then right after that, when they go to Geonosis and there's a point where they're on the, the ships with the clones to go attack and Padme, they're going after Dooku and Padme falls. Mm -hmm. And you see that darkness also start to develop because he wants to protect her. He is going after his selfishness. Mm -hmm. And I think they built that in too. And I think we don't always notice that mm -hmm. because we're just annoyed with their relationship. Right. But I also think that there, that was also another part because you see him and I mean, him and Obi are like, Obi sees it too. This is the thing. Mm -hmm. In my mind, Obi is seeing what is happening because of how much he wants to go down there and, and, and save her. Yeah. And the fact that he let him take her back to Naboo after everything was said and done, I'm like, Obi-Wan, you realize that you, you could help stop this. Like, you know, mm -hmm. what's happening. You see right. it and He's you're just letting him go. Like, you know, she, they're married, you know, they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you stepping up on that? But it's probably because of what happened in the Clone Wars that we find out from his past. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like he gets it. He does. He gets it. Yes. Except he, I mean, we're going to talk about it next episode, but he resisted. Very true. Very Anakin true. did not. He did, he did not. He did not make Anakin resist, but yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Lucas has actually been talking about that. I don't, I don't, I don't know if either of you on Twitter, but um, a lot of no. his... Uh, good, spare yourselves. But um, yeah, a lot of the things he's said recently about the Clone Wars or the Attack of the Clones has been kind of circulating and he mm -hmm. says exactly that when you're talking about how anakin ultimately is selfish when it comes to his mm -hmm. relationship with padme and mm -hmm. the whole thing about the force or the light side and the dark side light side is selflessness light side is giving light side is mm -hmm. you know it's compassion and love the dark side is only serving the self only it's greediness it's you know mm -hmm. narcissism it's self-absorbedness and mm -hmm. that's you know some of this might be a little retconning, but some people are saying like, oh, the Jedi weren't forbidden from having, you know, relations with people. They just couldn't get attached. And attachment is what drove him to, you know, break himself. Um, yeah. Again, wasn't communicated very well in the original, you know, in the, in the prequels, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, but and he, I mean, Anakin does talk about that with Padme that he, he tries to twist it in one of those oh, cringe scenes where he says like Jedi are supposed to be compassionate and then he twists mm -hmm. it. He's like, so we're supposed to love. It's mm -hmm. like, Anakin, that's not right. what that means. 
Yeah. But nice try. <laughs> um, but well, and there's the whole the sect of Grey Jedi that I hope someday we like explore in one of our TV shows. Hopefully yes. we do it in Ahsoka. Like I'm really hoping that's in Ahsoka. Oh god, yes. Where you have like the Grey Jedi or like the just the force users where mm-hmm. they believe that you cannot be balanced without a little bit of both mm-hmm. of light and darkness. And I mm-hmm. actually agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I was in that world, that's what kind of Jedi I would be. I would probably yeah, absolutely. Be, I agree. It makes I the most sense. Gray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's slightly, slightly off track, but it'd be interesting to see if we see more of her and Luke together in these upcoming series. I don't know if I've spoiled anything for either of you. No, I've, I've seen, seen all of the, okay. I've seen all of Bubba, Book of Boba and the right. main alert. Yeah, I know. Because it, it, it sort of looks like, you know, Luke tries to go in that route as well. The sort of, you know, balance between the both, which, which we see in The Last Jedi. So it'd be interesting to see if, if you're saying Ahsoka is also sort of that in between that balanced person, if mm-hmm. something can be done with how they learn from each other at some point, you know, how yeah. they influence each other. I don't know. We'll get there eventually, but um, yeah. But how much can they do? Can is Mark coming back and like saying these lines, and then they're just CGIing his face on? So, like, what is what, happening? Because from what I understand, they basically took, uh, like the digitized audio of some audiobooks that Mark Hamill recorded, like in the seventies or like in the early eighties, and, and they found basically, the words. They well, they they used the voice frequencies, and then had somebody else like say the lines and just use his voice. Why can't they so just use his voice? I, I don't know. I mean, granted, he sounds significantly older, so it probably wouldn't work, but... They could probably manipulate it to sound younger. Probably. Probably. I, I don't know. It's it's weird. Yeah, it's, that is weird. Yeah, it's his likeness, but it's not him. It's... Well, yeah, no. Like, when he shows up in, like, the, t- the newer TV shows, I'm like, oh, not Mark <laughs> Hamill. Definitely not Mark Hamill. Better in the Book of Boba Fett, though, than The Mandalorian. I'll give you that. Yes. It, was, it was better. Yes, it was because we had to, he had to be on there a little, little bit longer. Right. And it'll be interesting to talk about what happens with him and the child. Mm-hmm. So I have some opinions about that, but we don't want to get too far ahead. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. I think that's all I have to say about it. I mean, looking back, I like the movie better than I thought I did. It's Same. just, ugh. It's just the Anakin and Padme scenes. I will say, oh, I must say this. I still, to this day, want her multicolored dress from oh, that scene on the very, balcony very nice yeah. it oh, came yeah. up on it came up on there i'm like i want that dress like mm-hmm. i want that as my wedding dress can someone give me it like i want it i don't know if yeah. i'll ever be able to wear it but i want it it's a gorgeous that the pastel one that you're talking about the yes. yellow one yeah it's, it's yes. gorgeous it's a gorgeous dress absolutely I am not a girly girl, but her dresses, just all of her dresses in this whole movie. I'm like, can, can I, I'll be her. I'll play Almadala if I can just wear the dresses. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And that's oh, one I thing you can say. Up. One thing you can say about Star Wars, especially the prequels, they really went out of their way when it came to costume design. Yes, they did. They really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a really good job. Well, and I mean... <laughs> Poor, poor Carrie Fisher, like complained about her wardrobe because she wore the same thing pretty much all the time. Right. And so they're like, okay, well, let's do a little bit more girly clothes in the prequels. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they did. That's dress funny. after dress after dress. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Anybody have any other thoughts? I, I, I actually, I do have one thought. I mean, it was mentioned, oh. and I actually forgot about it. 
so we all like to laugh at the I don't like sand line. Mm -hmm. So I, I will say one thing. There's a there's a creator that another creator that I follow is called uh, Star Wars Theory. He's pretty popular. He actually gave a whole interesting thought on the important the the poignancy of this line. It's and, and he's like, I get it. It's cheesy. It's cringy. We like to laugh at it. It's fun to laugh at. It. I get it. There was some significance behind it. And what he said was, you have to remember, you know, Anakin, everything he know, knew from childhood was oppression and slavery and desolation and mm -hmm. hopelessness and, you know, mm -hmm. just just that bad, everything, in, you know, in his early life was very ugly. Mm -hmm. And all of those feelings were associated with sand, Tatooine. Right. with Tatooine, Tatooine everywhere on Tatooine mm -hmm. is sand, you know, sand, it, it gets in your clothes and your hair and your skin and it, you know, it's just a, a it's an ugly thing. It's an ugly planet. Mm -hmm. So he gets out of that and then he goes to a place where he didn't know there was this much freshness. You know, there's green grass, there's bright skies, there's clean air, and he's experiencing it for the first time. And that's, that's, he's associating that with freedom. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. again, the line could have been done a lot better, but the yeah. layers beneath that and it was really a lot <laughs> of him saying like, you know, I, mm -hmm. I I didn't know there could be this much beauty in the world. So, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I get it. It's a cheesy, it's a cringy line, but it's 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 interesting to kind of see like the, there is a purpose behind it. Mm -hmm. So just throw that out there. See, I don't find the I love sand cringy. I find what he says after the I love sand to be cringy. I just, oh, think, he, yeah. I just think that's what it is. Not the sentence. Yeah. Just the mm -hmm. way he does it. I'm, no, I'm with you. I'm totally yeah. with you. But yeah, it's an interesting yeah. thought. Because I hate yeah because i i get that it's probably why anakin or luke got put back on tatooine because he'll never go back there to find to find yeah, him no, right. <laughs> he's like where obi-wan where can i hide the child mm -hmm. he hates sand <laughs> well and sand is like something that it's a in my opinion like on all of the all three of the trilogies that's where all of our characters start out is in this mm -hmm. oppressive ugly point where they're where they don't want to be where they feel like they can't be free anakin luke and ray yeah. are all on sand planets mm -hmm. now they finally changed the planet mm -hmm. instead of doing tatooine for a third time in a row <laughs> but it's literally i mean jack who might as well have been tatooine yeah, it's tatooine part two. The same planet mm -hmm. yeah so no you i i agree with you that lucas definitely even though there are those, even though for us, like the acting in some of those areas is cringy and we right. miss some of those things. Lucas is very intentional in mm -hmm. his storytelling and how he portrays things and his, his underlying meanings, his foreshadowing, his metaphor, like he's really good at all of that. Right. It's the, it's the making sure that it gets presented correctly mm -hmm. is where sometimes right. things kind of falter. I think that if he just wrote it as a book, we would have because when you read a book you read it how you want you think you should hear it mm -hmm. so you would like it more mm -hmm. usually and i think that if these were books instead of movies mm -hmm. like it would have been so much more prevalent mm -hmm. to us his, on some of his these. dialogue is like a novel mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. when he gets free reign to write his dialogue it's something you would read in a novel mm -hmm. easily mm -hmm. so yeah i feel like he's more of a novelist than a filmmaker I agree. sometimes i agree yeah. Say that. writing wise at least mm -hmm. yeah 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 writing wise 
But yeah. Anything else? I'm good. All right. Well, that went better than I thought. Yeah. I thought we were going to be tearing it apart the whole time, but we were not. Oh, oh, I'm very proud to be of found in it. <laughs> well, Pixie Dusters, thank you so much for hanging out with us and talking about Attack of the Clones. Next week, we are going to be talking about the cartoon TV shows that they created, Clone Wars, and its spinoff that is brand new called Bad Batch. All can be found on Disney Plus if you have not watched them yet. No, we are not getting paid to say that, but it's the only place to find them. Definitely check out all of our social media. Check out our Instagram and TikTok. They're both at, at Pixie Dust Twins Podcast. Mm -hmm. Dan, what's your social media handles again? Uh, Dantastic on YouTube and then DG Cinema on uh, Instagram. Gotcha. Yes. Go follow. I know. Have you posted your, your review for... Bubba, book of Boba yet? I, I have not yet. I posted another review for okay. uh, something else, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm, okay, I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it eventually. Eventually, will will what's the word I'm looking for? Promote that a different day. Yeah. But thank you so much, Sammy. Any last words that they need to know about? Oh, don't forget to go to limitlessbroadcasting.com. As always, we tell you about that every time. Check out our other podcasts and check out our Patreon account too. But that's it. All right, bye, Pixie Duster. See you next, next week. Time. Thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust Twins, Sammy and Ashley. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon. It's Robert from Limitless Broadcasting, reminding you to tune in to Limitless Broadcasting Network anywhere you get your podcasts, from Apple Podcasts to Spotify. Check us out today.